Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome down to the helmet. Looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. Got Tim Torch here. I am Chad Parsons. Katie Flower, she was doubtful on the injury report, and she ended up being out. So we got Tim Torch here, guest uh, co-host. Great to have him aboard uh, for the weekly show and official show of UTHDynasty.com. You want premium shows beyond this free one. There's tons of people that listen weekly. You want to try it out. General Manager Plus subscription is the way to do that. You get to try out the trade calculator. You get the rankings. You get the metrics. Uh, Every week on Mondays, you get the uh, Film Notes podcast. You also get the breakdown of the Thursday game. You get the waiver wire. And you get everything you need to have your best season and coming up best off season yet with all of the draft coverage, trade coverage, startup draft coverage. Tim, here we are heading into week seven. The season is just flying by. And I want to go over a bunch of different topics and players that are key fixtures for lineups, for profiles, and maybe not what we expected coming into this season. But what are some of your thoughts through six weeks as we have gone through? We're probably about halfway through most fantasy regular seasons here. And how would you categorize the season You know, in terms of maybe the chaos spectrum, your own teams, uh, some things you thought, didn't think uh, coming through uh, the gates here? First off, hello, Chad. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello out there, podcast world. How y'all doing? Tim's alive. <laughs> um, no, really uh, excited to be here. Excited to share some thoughts. Um, this season is so much fun. Um, I will say my team, uh, don't we say it every year? Like this year is just weird. And I, I feel like every, uh, it, it's like a, uh, a cool jazz song or something. Or if you ever listen to those jazz players, it's never the, when they go on the the riffs, it's never the same thing twice but there's like similarities and I feel like that's a lot of what we're into this season. Like just every time I'm like, boy, this is, this is just weird. It's different. It's never the same thing. I I remember uh, whether it's dynasty or redraft, like every season, like every team I was going in, I was like, man, I have just knocked this out of the park. I am, I, I am a walking cheat code for this season. And then we get into it and I'm like, how do I suck? this bad <laughs> and, and um I, I i definitely have good teams bad teams and it's just all over the map um where i am right now i am really taking a zoomed out approach on my teams and, and trying to be very realistic about where they stand it's it's and 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 it's looking at everything so it is team structure um uh, of course my teams have a lot of like watson and things like that that are going to be coming in super flex leagues and it's like whether or not they can kind of hold the ship until then. Um, so it is looking at construction, but even like the the possible points, the the points for the points against, um, I, I try to look at it at all levels. Like, am I sitting at a, do I have a losing record, but I'm 
like number three or four in in terms of total points scored and number one in total points against. And those type of situations usually normalize out and I have a good, good opportunity to, to swing things back around. Like the law of averages usually go in your favor at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I'm really, this is the point of season where I, I really like to do my best to make final decisions on where I stand. If it's, if it's my season or not, because the further you go into it, the less options you have of people uh, willing to do deals. And and they're also making their decisions. Like, do I want to push a little bit harder? Do I, uh, is my team overperforming, but I want to buy a, uh, buy an opportunity, like a solid piece is my team underperforming. And I want to just make sure those points get off my roster. I saw Tyler Lockett uh, in one of my leagues sold for a third round rookie pick oh, in yeah. 2023. And I'm like, wow, let's, uh, <laughs> um, uh, something we say on the Patreon podcast a lot is dynasty, uh, doesn't have to be hard. And uh, it's it's stuff like that where you're just kind of reminded that uh, it's simple moves that can really be game changers for your roster. Yeah. And and we also say things like, you know, knock on those doors because yeah. lock it for a third could be someone else in the league, you know, if it's not you. And, and, every, and every league has their own price. I, I, I know Katie, um, like I always listen to her talk and she's she's aggressive. Like she, she will, uh, she kind of, she does kind of start out on left field with some of the offers. Um, but I think I, after kind of co-owning with her and, and kind of getting a feel for how she works, the reason I think a lot of her stuff starts and may start in left field or what's considered left field is because you never know what's going to get accepted. Like what I view as crazy value may not be crazy value to someone else. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I'm I'm so hooked on sending a bunch of offers because yeah. whatever like things that get accepted, like an offer you send and you're like, oh well I definitely, you know, <laughs> and that's always the, yeah. a fun comment when someone's like, well, you know, how how would you defend this trade if you were <laughs> if you were me? Well, I'm on the other side. So right. that's like I don't know. How you would need you to, feel if I you sent need, that offer to you? Yeah, the whole like you need to defend that to yourself if you accept it, not if you decline it. Because obviously, you know, not everyone has their rankings and values and all this stuff posted on a message board, and we can just go in there and right. you know construct offers that make sense for both teams, and you know we'd have a much higher success rate. But we don't. We're we're out there swiping left and swiping right is basically what we're doing. Yeah, and. and- and that's why, you know, shopping, you know, like sending a third round pick and be like, I'm shopping for a distressed wide receiver asset. Well, that then you just poke around. You send five, six offers around the league because you don't know. Someone might value Tyler Lockett like a first, you know, but someone values him like a third. And it doesn't mean the team that has him values him like a first and the teams that don't have him values him like a third. That's why you have to poke around and, and send those offers. And, and even when um, kind of going a little bit more granular on it, like when people do trade bait, I, I'm well aware of your feelings on trade bait, but when someone does a trade bait, I make sure to respond to it, especially if there's a couple of pieces that I'm interested in that would fit my team. You mean not all droppable it, players like we see? Right. <laughs> we'll take um, a first for any of these players. <laughs> uh, right. Well, that's the thing. Not every player is like attached with the value or what someone's willing to sell for or something like that. Some people so do at that level. You, some Have you seen it before where they're like, no, so I haven't. That's, I, that's I've seen some cool people idea. break it down. And uh, there's a couple notable people in, in more than one of my league where I see that happen, where it's like, 
I'll trade so and so for a first, so and so for, or you know, three other players. I'll yeah. trade them for a second. I'll trade this these guys for thirds, or like, and they break it down. But you know what? They rarely make it trades. So <laughs> that I, I would say that doesn't help either. <laughs> so that's weird because it still requires other people to go and yeah. and open the book of the message board and be like, okay, I have consumed your content. Now I will go on to the <laughs> the page proper and I will send the offer, and then you must accept. Like there's still three or four steps that you have you proactively put onto other people, and I just yeah. say if that's what you would take, send that around your league. Instead of sp- instead of spending 49 seconds doing that, how about you spend four minutes and 49 seconds and you actually send the offers? Yeah, that's always what it, I say. It, it is. It's there. There is an aspect of what you're willing to put into these teams uh, that, that's really important, and. And yeah, we're we're getting into bye weeks too. So I'm I'm trying to be keenly aware of what's going on with the waiver waiver wire. I I we we make I make the bread and butter with you with uh with really doing the waiver wire side of things. But another thing that's just so important this time of year is is I always watch the drops and yeah. it's it's because of you that I'm actually even more paying attention to drops because you're always like, hey, I'll just kind of float a player out there if I feel I can get it <laughs> past somebody. Um, and I'm like, I want to be the guy that's watching for who the Chad types are dropping yeah. because I want to make sure I'm ready to pick those guys up. And see, it's like, I see you that you see me and now <laughs> I see that you're watching me. It's that sort of thing that this is why, like, I, you know, we, we had something to do this Sunday and I was out of the house and I literally had to write out and and take a picture. So I had it on my phone of, okay, right before the the early kickoffs, <laughs> here are the three or four things I need to, you know, drop so that the players lock. Cause it's they just stay yeah. open, you know, yeah. in certain formats. And then it's like, oh, at at, at the four oh five kicks, like I need to, you know, there's here's a couple. Like here's exactly who I'm dropping for a kicker, and I'm gonna, you know, make sure that it locks. But it's the reason because you can just, you know, you can't give the whole league two hours, you know, or four hours or the day before they will get picked up. Yeah. So, so yeah, just, just icing it. You know, one of the guys was Robert Tanyan. Like it was, it was a really <laughs> sh- shallow, tight league. And, and Tanyan was one that, Hey, at least I get to bid on him this week, you know, to get him back. Yep. And, you know, you just take your shot there. Um, I wanted to start out, uh, and again, this might turn into four, four or five different running backs that we bring up, but this whole concept of like running back being dead. And I just looked like a quick search of you know the last couple of weeks. There are 11 running backs averaging at least 20 points per game over the last two weeks. So this whole like running backs are dead. I don't, I've seen that on Twitter multiple times this season, and I don't know where that's coming from. Is it because Christian McCaffrey got off to a slower start or Camara or Taylor's dinged up right now? Like it feels like it's very selective about, you know, like, oh, well, we we globally hate Najee, Najee Harris and stuff like that. So because I look at this list and there's, you know, Camara's doing well. McCaffrey's doing well. Brees Hall is electric. Derrick Henry was on bye last week. I mean, Jacobs was on bye, but people hate Josh Jacobs. Eckler's too old. Fournette's too old. Like I, I guess I'm just going through this list. I'd be like, well, you know, you had to spend the first round pick on Damian Pierce. Like I guess if you want to create a negative argument about all these guys, you can. But I don't know. It feels like running back is doing quite well, and we still haven't had the deluge of injuries that are still going to pop, and they're going to pop during the bye weeks, which is going to be extra dangerous and uh, treacherous for these teams that you look and they only have three, four, five running backs on their rosters total. Well, between buys and some injuries, good luck. And your worst days could be very bad. 
it, it's I think I saw someone make a comment on Twitter or something like that uh, along the lines of the the it has the running back one in dynasty ever been worth less yeah I'm yeah something like that and and that that's just hard to to really um Taylor stinks to, all of a sudden I guess second Barkley remember that guy really <laughs> It's because it's it's not always the prettiest because I'm I'm kind of looking at the top running backs and you have Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. Those aren't like the youngest of guns that everyone wants to be excited about. And we haven't had like many first round running backs in um what do we recently. want from what are we expecting and, from Jonathan Taylor? Because right. he's entering year three. Right. And he has a number one overall finish under his belt. He yeah. was a top 10 or 12 guy as a rookie. And then this year, I guess he's not on a 2000 total yard pace. I guess that's the bar. I don't know. It's true. And he's been dinged I mean, up those... on a team with a horrible offensive line. And you know what? Their offensive line just played well. The, so some, Deion Jackson was the guy that benefited. Those same people who are hating on the running backs right now are probably the same ones who are out there just like saying DJ Moore is going to be my horse for the rest of the season still. Yeah, because rewind to July. Right. And I'm so glad I got DJ Moore as my wide receiver too. It, it uh, And granted, I still love DJ Moore. I'm, I'm definitely not putting out there that he's not just, a buy for me. I'm, they have, but, they have but guys missing too. The, yes. it, it's the illusion of the pretty roster. Like right. everyone's going to be less than 26 years old and, and the most fantasy uh, productive and stay injury free and everything like that. It, it is messy right now, but just because it's messy doesn't mean you can't try to find some clarity in that mess and, and try to clean up the scraps a little bit. Yeah. Um, messy mo- could also mean that you've discovered and unearthed guys like Raheem Mostert, you know, yeah, and, or and you're talking about Deion Jackson Clyde three Ed- weeks ago, you know, yeah. but and, and I mean, you're so- able to ride Clyde Edwards Alaire, or you're able to enjoy Jamal Williams stepping up while DeAndre Swift's out. It's in my opinion, it's being able to find the joy in, in the mess. <laughs> And and I love that Josh Jacobs is having the season he's had right now. People um, will never like him, though. You realize that, right? I know. It's, There's people I, picking him apart what he did a couple weeks ago. And it's like, that was, I mean, he had 190 total yards. Right. Like, what more do you want from this guy in an age where not a lot of running backs see 25 plus touches in a game? And he just monstered that game. What do you want uh, it's like gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> like, my goodness. And people want to bang on Leonard Fournette. I mean, they are the over the past like three weeks, the number one high leverage opportunity mm. team. I mean, he has 23 receptions in three weeks. What yeah. more do you want? Keep it's, bagging on him. He's averaging 29 points per game in the past couple. What do you want from this guy? Um, anyway, the first, the one, the one, well, the first running back I wanted to bring up was Kenneth Walker. So, you know, Brees Hall, he's in a world of his own. But and Damian Pierce, you know, we've people have been talking about him already. You know, since the yeah. beginning of the season, Walker is new, and Seattle doesn't have a lot of goal line opportunities, targets, but yet back to back weeks he's had good games, and he's broke long or or you know touchdowns from distance. So. <laughs> What do you kind of assess with Walker? Because he was sliding in rookie drafts. He was going high in May, July, August, not so much. And here he is, the Rashad Penny injury that everyone thought would occur, which I don't know why you would... We traded up for Walker, I remember, in one yeah. of our leagues at 105, 106 or something. And it's like, you know, so if you think 
Penny's going to get injured, like why isn't Walker really high in the first round with pedigree and an open opportunity at some point during year one? And here we are, October, and it's his for the rest of the season. Yeah, that, we we talk so much about how easy is a story to tell yourself, and like, like I'm thinking of Saquon Barkley, like the story of him coming back and and producing in a very significant way was not hard to tell the story of Rashad Rashad Penny being injured. Like he has dealt with the entire career in Seattle. Story as old as time (laughs) as old as dirt. Yeah. It's, it's one we, we just keep going back to the well about either. Um, I I said, you either have to be high on Penny or you have to be high on Walker. Yeah, it's it's okay to to have both, but yeah, definitely it just make it makes so much sense. It's like wide res- there's some things you just tell yourself that are are simple stories. Even um, gosh, we we've been talking about like first round wide receivers. Like we were at the end of the first round, someone's gonna let Jahan Dotson fall. Okay, I'll be I'll be happy to take that and then flip it for for someone else maybe later down the road or get into a 2023 first that I like better whatever that looks like but or or trade into um uh get a guy like Najee Harris now that he's starting to slip it, and because people feel like they have to be decisive and and flag plan on on Najee Harris or Jalen uh Jalen Warren and they can't just say I like both players I would love to have both <laughs> on my roster or or at, at least one of them um, yeah, you, you don't always have to flag plant and just say, this is the way it has to be, or else I'm going to pout and go to my room. It, it's really, and uh, Antonio Gibson is a perfect one. I feel like a lot of people were just sitting back and saying, well, it's Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson. We can't have both. Um, there's going to come a point where JD McKissick is no longer going to be with that team. And, and and Antonio Gibson should still get opportunity or he's a free agent and goes somewhere else. I don't think he's the type of player that's just going to fizzle out and, and not be productive some way, somehow, somewhere. Um, so yeah, you, you don't always have to flag play and it doesn't always have to be one way or the other. I, I think some of the best success that I've had in dynasty or fantasy is because I've been a little bit more flexible and I've, you create fluidity with um, with draft picks or, or waiver wire dollars, whatever that is. But then you also have a little bit of flexibility and fluidity in your roster too. Yeah, Gibson's been traded a decent amount this week. And my, my favorite one is the price point that I mentioned, which is Antonio Gibson for a future second. Like I would like to get that price point for him because that's kind of what you pay for an injury away guy. And yet we know he has more upside than that. I mean, if McKissick McKissick goes down or if Robinson goes down, he he kind of is a two-way go because he can inhabit either one. one. He can absorb either one. Like that's such a good offense for running back production that as long as there's just two guys there, I think it's fine. It's when there's three that it's a problem. Yeah. I'm 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 not trying to go back to the drum too too much on Najee Harris, but yeah. just to go back to him one more time, like people, people want to bang on him. Like he has competition, but are are we already forgetting that he was dealing with a, a foot and ankle injury, like before the season started and, and maybe the reason that they're kind of save him a little bit or, or kind of pulling back the reins and, and saying that, man, we should get this, 
this other guy a few more touches is because he's still injured and maybe he's not going to look right this season. I, I think I mean, Najee Harris. I think it's really simple with Harris. The, it is people, in a lot people, of ways. people are overthinking it, this. It's also a junk offense with. Well, no, with, no, no. But people think people think this is Trent Richardson two point oh. They bring up Richardson is going to be referenced annually about somebody for this point forward. People are so scorned by what happened with Richardson of him being like 101 in dynasty after the rookie season. And they're like, Oh, well, if you average below four yards per carry and you know, if you get by on breaking tackles and you know, you, you don't uh, have a lot of long runs, that's it. Trent Richardson. If you start having any erosion in year two or year three, Trent Richardson, I'll say this in general, if you fade that noise and you just say, He's around one running back that are mm-hmm. that was top twelve year one, and I'm just kind of buying into that. If it's not if it's yeah. not elitely priced, I am in on this. It's kind of the Josh Jacobs principle. If you're productive early, and you know if it doesn't look perfect, they don't look like a superhero, you know, and they're not catching 150 balls and scoring 12 touchdowns. Like and, and like Jacobs was priced. Like he's one of the graphic examples. He's like he reminds me of uh, Leonard Fournette from like three or four years ago. Whereas mm-hmm. like just you know, all of a sudden he's like out and running back 15, 20, 25. You're like, well, I guess I'm in. Like Najee Harris right now feels like like the the negative negativity about him feels like it's running back 20, does it not? I know it's not actually running back 20 if you go and price shop that around leagues, but it's way lower than the running back two, three, four, five that he consensusly was in the offseason. Yeah. And like you said, he's working back. Jalen Warren is a absolutely functional plus running back yeah. two in the NFL. And now people are fading Najee Harris on three or four different fronts. So it's like, keep it simple. Round one guy, early mm-hmm. hit. He went to freaking Alabama. And it's like, make oh, keep it, and he's <laughs> and he's in his prime. Yeah. Keep it simple. It, it's literally that simple. And you're saying now, like if that's available outside of running back 10 prices, you know, just, just keep buying, keep collecting. Keep pivoting into that position. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so Kenneth Walker, I mean, go, just going back <laughs> to that. No, no, no. I just because he was one that it's just he has a situation working against him. Again, not a whole lot of targets. They they really don't get goal line opportunity. I think they're the one team right now that doesn't have a goal line carry for running backs. And but yeah, that, but, but he's that so is a good. big picture. Yeah. That that is a big picture that still works in his favor, though. Like he's I think if he ever gets have, it, right. It if he is this good on an offense that you have some questions Walls, about. Yeah. What is the, uh, where could this go? And I'm, I'm not calling for like running back one or anything crazy like that, but you're, you're definitely seeing a very quality running back that has plenty of opportunities at both phases of the game that you can be excited about. And probably my favorite part is that, num- well, I have two. number one, he hasn't been c- completely unlocked yet. But number two, he has two quality skill position players in in um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf that are taking vertical pressure off of him. Right. So that that box is open. There's there's never going to be there's never going to be just that eight eight men in the box just like stacking it up, saying you're not going to throw because you don't have the pieces. They they have the dogs on the outside to definitely take that pressure off. So he's always going to have a little bit of an easier time. And Geno Smith being a functional quarterback is is just icing on the cake. 
when we look back in December, who is going to be the Broncos running back to own in retrospect? <laughs> is there going to be a right? Is there going to be a tangible, this mattered, correct answer here? And if so, who is it? People will still say uh, Javon- <laughs> Javante. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, it seems like it's Latavius Murray. Like I, I've been shocked. Um, He's like Medusa, isn't he? Like he goes to these depth charts, and it's like he turns everyone to stone. It's well, I, I was surprised like how the whole thing kind of worked out with him. Because he, you don't always see like someone get signed, a running back signed off of someone else's practice squad, and then immediately elevated. And well, not immediately. I, I, he, I was, they had that Thursday game, I think, is how yeah. it worked. And then obviously he wasn't going to be active for that game, right? But, but I, I, I just go back. I just go back to us then, talking about the waiver wire, and it was yeah. just like how much more Mike Boone was going than Latavius Murray. Yeah, and I thought that was baffling, considering their relative profiles. And here we are. Literally one game of everyone being active later. Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon's in the doghouse. Mike Boone is in his traditional role of ancillary guy. And Latavius Murray had like 75% of the carries for, for running backs on that team. Like, <laughs> like why are we surprised? Like, who is surprised by that? All Latavius Murray does <laughs> is, <laughs> is, 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 is vulture opportunities when the clear-cut starter, in this case, Javante Williams, is out. But it's great to see it, right? Like that, oh, yeah, that's yeah, probably, no. it, it's it's so awesome to see like Latavius Murray still being have the ability to be the guy. Cause I But this um, is an example though of like Well, he again, showed these, up in Baltimore and he just got Wally pipped last year. I don't know what the hell that was about, but right. I mean Baltimore kind of is Baltimore and I I, I don't really trust any running back there. Um You know how much <laughs> Kenyon Drake is gonna go on shallow waivers for this week? Oh my gosh, yes. It is going to be the biggest dump of money that's a waste, an absolute waste. If you watched how he had like 120 yards, if you watch how he did it, it's the most, uh, you know, uh, you cannot duplicate like how many chunk runs he had. Isn't that Kenyon Drake's whole career? Yeah, exactly. Just keep him in pass pro when he pancakes guys. That's my favorite part of Kenyon Drake. <laughs> I saw that a clip on my phone. My favorite clip of Kenyon Drake is he was on Miami. And he picks up a blitz. He literally puts a guy on his butt in, in, in blitz pickup. And then he leaks out to the flat. He catches a uh, he catches a dump off. He eludes two defenders on a third and 15 and picks it up all in one play. And I was like, this is what I love about Kenyon Drake in five seconds. <laughs> my, my favorite clip on my phone right now Ooh. is the Dicey one game. that your wife sent me of you hey, uh, uh, just stop it, right there is the one of you uh trying to kill a bee that was in your oh, that's uh, right. in your foyer area not my best moment it's not safe for work yeah <laughs> it is uh yeah that's a good one that's a good one um so anyway i, I do think the answer is going to be latavius murray i mean uh, all i know is i was very much it's not mike boom Anyone but yeah. Mike Boone. Anyone but Mike Boone. I will say if it's not Melvin Gordon, that is kind of surprising to me. Be, just because he's 29, he's got a big-time profile, but Denver doesn't really seem into him this year. Yeah. And especially, like, you get Williams out of it, and you're like, those two guys were, like, 60-40 in snaps. And now Javante Williams is gone, and it's like you have <laughs> less faith in him. Like, this is yeah. it's, it's a little mind-blowing that he's not the new 
60 or 65 percent latavius murray is not in the 20 to 30 percent range mm. and then boone is like 10 percent. you know that's where he's comfy <laughs> that's where mike boone is comfy six to eight snaps a game anyway but but hopefully denver plays better as a team but they're very high in high leverage opportunities which makes this super intriguing to me if there's a, a dead set right answer but you never you never bet against latavius murray he's 32 years old you don't even bet against him now He's not. I, I still remember you talking about him back in the day, like like post size, what, post Raiders, speed. yeah, or no, as well, a prospect when as a prospect when he drafted was with, the sixth round, yeah. right? The guy was like two thirty and ran a four three eight or something. Yep. <laughs> some craziness. Do you remember? I think there was an offense. It was Latavius Murray, and at quarterback was Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. That yep. was probably the fastest combination of two guys <sighs> since like Mike Vick and yes. who was the fastest guy Mike Vick ever had at running back. Work oh done gosh. was pretty fast, but but maybe not. Actually, that would, would have been he, the Tampa version of. Would, have been, would that have been uh, TJ Duckett? <laughs> he was pretty fast too for for being a two hundred fifty pound guy. He was like <laughs> yeah, he was like Brandon <laughs> Jacobs. But was yeah. that before or after Brandon Jacobs? That was before. Anyway, I think yeah. a little bit before. Similar four four five guy though. I think Duckett <laughs> was. Um, all right, now this is gonna be this is a very Tim Torch. Like I actually wrote this question before t- I knew Tim was coming on the show. But this is a very like Tim might say th- something like this without even being prompted, because this is the way you think. Like you're very much a stock market person, and you're not afraid to say, you know, sell a big name player. Yeah. You're, you're like that. That is very much on brand for you. If you are so, this is going to lead you right down like a horse to water. If you are falling out of the race, is Jonathan Taylor or any other stud or big name running back a sell for you? Mm. Would you be looking to re-sculpt like no one's off limits type feel if you're right now one and five? That one's hard. Like, like it's hard with Jonathan. He's made like in the grand scheme of like untouchable. Yeah. He, he may be like the hardest one for me to yeah. sell unless it was like a picture perfect type of price. And when I say picture perfect type of price, I better be getting Brees Hall plus back in that situation. Well, are you open to that? Um. Do you think you get that? I don't know. I, okay. I think Brees Hall. <laughs> what I he's think doing on pretty equal footing right now. Okay. As far as when we go into next season, and, and well, even right now, I would say like as far as the running back one, those those two are probably on equal footing. But as far like I'm thinking of like Saquon Barkley, I think we're going to get to. A, it, it it is really and you you did say that I was going to mention that like it is all about the market like if you're going to sell Saquon Barkley please don't just dump him for like a, a first round pick or something like that going into next year it you really need to pay attention to what you're doing because we mentioned it with like the trade bait and everything else like like it is so easy to just sit back and say oh I want to offload players on my team and get rid of those points and things like that but please do it like responsibly mm. and. And you're not doing any favors by just sitting back and saying, I'm going to sell off so many pieces to my team. It it's it's reckless. Like that that's probably, that's that's really the the best well, one you, I have. Well, for you still it. want to contend next year. See, the whole thing right. is like you yeah. don't you just want to shell your team. I did see Jonathan Taylor for Brees Hall Plus. Now the plus was only Michael Gallup, so that may not qualify. <laughs> so it seems like it's pretty close to yeah, right. I haven't seen the here's the closest thing to a deal that you may deem appropriate. So it's in Superflex. Jonathan Taylor for Travis Etienne and two firsts. 
Oh, that that's pretty saucy. I, yeah, I, I mean, like, is I that like that? One. Is that high enough up the food chain with Etienne or not? I, I would be kind of curious, like what year those firsts are in. Like they're if they're year. if they are both twenty twenty three, that's that's pretty exciting to me. Okay, um, I, that's the only one I really found that is like that's a big boy sell. Everything else is rather light. Like yeah. so so Taylor is probably more of a more of a buy and uh, a hold and don't think he's again he's 23 with the profile mentioned a few minutes ago like that's going to travel that's going to be you know he's going to every running back is going to have ups ups and downs with how good their offensive line is and that's really the quibble right now you know Matt Ryan's not playing super well and the offensive line has outside of this past week has generally struggled this year and and you know what like if you're a contending team and people so the first part of the conversation when we were talking about uh, how people aren't excited about running backs and running backs so messy and everything else, if you're a contending team, you have to be thrilled to hear kind of the market having that type of feedback right now. Because if you can go and and get really quality running back play and, and people are just loving 2023 picks like like they can't get enough of them they're like candy and and i i know there's some pretty nice prospects coming out but still like you still you can still cash in this season like the, i'm not saying go all in and just trade everything away to for this season but if you get like really decent value if you can trade your first and and maybe something lower for saquon barkley and and really shore up your lineup do that in a heartbeat. If you can get into these kind of cornerstone players that will last more than one year, um, I would do that in a heartbeat because you're you're 100 right. Like the the market is just saying sell running backs, sell running backs, sell running backs, and I'm like, give me all of them. I will take them, especially if my league will let me start like up to five or six of them. Yes, right. please. I, I would love to go into the playoffs and just have someone crap their pants because they're looking at all the running backs they have to go against. Two examples of Najee Harris is Devontae Adams for Najee Harris and a 25 first. I know it's out 25, but the point is it's Harris and a first. Another example, and I didn't even know Michael Pittman pulled this still, but he's he's one of those blind spots in the market of like they're remembering what he did last year. And it's like he hasn't been great this year. Yeah. Um, Pittman and Jacoby Myers for Najee Harris. Oof. I mean, so again, even if that leaves you light at wide receiver, just go out hunting for Brandon Cooks afterwards or something. Like, <laughs> like just you know, just or yeah, Mark, if, just if, do something if, else. If you're bringing in a first, then take your second and go get Brandon exactly, Cooks. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, uh, another one. So is Justin Fields a bust? No, this is no, a big macro not. conversation of how long is long enough. But but what's your assessment been on Justin Fields? Where you have part of the market that goes, well, you know, Josh Allen is the biggest outlier of outliers, and Justin Fields <laughs> is basically doing what Josh Allen did early on in his career. And then you have the other people that are like, we've seen enough. He holds the ball 9.6 seconds every time he throws the ball. It's not happening. Get over it. Yeah. I I, I still like Justin Fields. And the biggest problem I have with doing any type of strong evaluation, like he's a bust or he's going to be a quality player, or even, uh, even to say he would be a really nice backup. He's had nothing. He's the best wide receiver he had was 2021 Darnell Mooney. When he was kind of doing something, Allen Robinson, when he was on his last leg, 
uh, David Montgomery. (laughs) I mean, he's not getting any help this year. Cole Kmet is his best pass catcher. And they're throwing Uh, the ball 20 times a game. And yeah, I'm, I'm not willing to sit there and, and make a big eval on him, but on the same, same end of it, like if I could buy him in the marketplace, in the super flex marketplace for a second, see, he's now getting to the point. Like a problem I had is when he was like wide, he was like quarterback 10 to 15. Yeah. That's the problem I had. He was like Trey Lance minus in terms of cost. Now he's quarterback 20. Maybe you can get him a, a few spots lower as people give up on him. Right. That's the price point where I can get in on someone that's a dart throw on upside for the future. I can't yeah, get in sure. on it when it's top 10 to 15 prices. Yeah. There's too like, many good players. Like if you're telling me I can take Zach Wilson plus plus something and move it, move into Justin Fields. Like oh, no, you probably get Fields plus. Yeah. Yeah. Right I, now you probably get Fields Plus. Yeah. If you can move, if Bailey Zappi is your <laughs> is your quarterback four, uh, four plus, whatever that looks like, and you can get Justin Fields, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, it's it, it I'm I'm just not willing to write the kid off yet and say he's he's burned in the league. That's so not your, so your price point would be a second. Can you throw seconds around and get fields in a in a premium format. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's possible or not. Po- yeah. Well, that was a one quarterback. Yeah, I can't I, really. I, I would be kind of curious if you could do, and this might be crazy pants in your in your mind, but taking like a Kenny Pickett that people are excited about and turn him into Fields um, plus, yeah. J- Justin Fields plus like a Matt Ryan. Like, yeah. like that. Or Fields a second things. for Pickett, yeah. something like that. Yeah. 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 I think the, I'm definitely the sell picket. Like he's moved up in price and he's played Mm -hmm. poorly. Like I find it's, it's an interesting, (laughs) uh, conflict, uh, you know, conflict of, of eval there when it's like he's on the clear bus track. And I know it's only been like 80 throws or whatever, (laughs) but like, (laughs) I mean, the fact that you think Fields is more, you know, has proven more negativity than, than picket has when at least Fields went higher in the draft. Yeah, he at least went in a zone that we see guys take time sometimes. All right, uh, where are we headed with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? There's a lot <laughs> to that, but where are we headed with this? Wait, you love loaded questions. Um, yeah, Kyler Murray is is <laughs> it's gosh, it, it's like thinking of where we were in the off season because it was. Did he have it? He, it was he's going to go back to baseball. It was he signed a contract, but they had like a film watching uh, uh, clause. And then it's like, in, no, in just kidding. Contract. Take it back. Oh, you guys it's, aren't pot. You don't, you guys aren't uh pro pro, uh, you know, contract study habits. Oh, we'll take it out then. We didn't if, need it. JK. If, if someone views him as like a QB, a higher level QB one type of asset. And I know they do it's like that. The Konami code is intoxicating. Like I, you just get near it and you get, <laughs> you get stupid. You get two wins uh, a year just off, <laughs> off Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, it's, QB I, five if or I six. could, if, if I could take him and move up to something better, like if I, um, Oh I'm, yeah. I'm like you should, to, you should do Kyler Murray in a first for like, Mahomes or yeah. Allen, would you do it for Herbert as well? Yes. So yeah. Okay. For for me, yeah. So that and, that's probably the move because moving down, you know, you can get a plus, but 
you have to be really specific. Like, could you get Dak in a first? Maybe, maybe, but I don't know how many, how far you'd have to move to, to get said first. Yeah. I know Jordan. Um, I, I, I think he, te- I think he texts me like every week, uh, is, is there something Kyler, we can do Kyler to get Murray Kyler Murray good. off our roster? Oh my God. You guys have him. <laughs> we do. <laughs> How'd you get him? <laughs> it was through the draft, the, okay. the startup draft. And he ended up on our roster. And, oh. and I feel like every, every week Jordan's like, Hey, is there something we can figure out to get rid of, <laughs> to get yeah. rid of Kyler Murray? And that really hasn't, uh, that really hasn't happened yet, but it will sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Kyler Murray. Jordan Love and Irv Smith for Justin Herbert. So that's even adding less than we're talking about. Oh. But yeah, the move up to one of the three big boys is, is probably the deal. It's amazing how much more comfortable I am with Lamar Jackson than Kyler Murray. And I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I don't trust that team. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And now and it just seems like nothing ever is, is static and, and good. Like, the, like Kyler Murray doesn't run for three weeks. And then you're like, what's going on? And then he runs a lot. And then you're like, oh my God, he's going to get blown up. Mm-hmm. And, then it's, and then you say, oh, that's all the, all the offense ever has. And now you have it where uh, Marquise Brown, oh, he's producing really well. Look at that high market share. Well, now he's on the shelf. And now they're bringing, you know, and now DeAndre Hopkins is back. What's that going to be like? Let's bring in Robbie Anderson. Is that going to be good? Who knows? Like, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like they have no vision for what they're going to do. They paid Kyler Murray a risky quarterback before they needed to pay him. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thing implodes and they're not in a great like cap team building situation. Their defense is horrible. Like I, anyway. All right. Uh, one more question here is Allen Robinson back. It was a very tepid stat line, but you know what, with where we were in yeah. Allen Robinson, we'll take like five for 63 and a touchdown. Yeah. He actually made some Allen Robinson like moments. It's, I, I would we're love so to starved. say yes. I, I really so, want to we're say in the yes. desert and we saw an oasis and it was 63 yards and a touchdown. I pumped Allen Hart, Allen Robinson so hard coming into the season. As hard as, as I like, did, do you think? Which one oh. of us is more wrong? I was so <laughs> I thought they could I thought Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson could both be top twelve. Yeah. Yeah. I I was with you. I, I thought did we, did I we thought learn something? Did we learn something? No, we didn't. We but. didn't. <laughs> here's what I here, here if I wanted to learn something, here's what I would say. We were betting on a guy that looked Dunsky. Right. Right? And all we did was say, well, if you were in Chicago, you'd be disinterested too. Like that's sort of what we said, right? Like it's a horrible situation. And finally he got out of Siberia and now he's dancing with the stars in LA. It's gonna be great. It's Stafford, it's Cup, golden opportunity, tons of targets available. But we didn't stop to ask, is he done? Right? Yeah. He may be he's a contested test vertical. He's a vertical high pointing maven guy that you have to A, have a quarterback that's going to trust you over and over again to throw that ball. And then if you're 29 and had some injuries, do you still have the same monster ball mentality and physicality that you had four years ago? Key questions, I think. Yeah. Miss, like Julio the, Jones could lose 20%. Could Allen Robinson <laughs> lose 20%? And what we're kind of seeing is the answer is no. Now, no. he still did that stuff at the goal line, you know, and, and he, he had a great touchdown, great move. And it just seems like it can't be as bad as the opening month was. But I think this whole coming all the way back home is gone. Like, sure. you can't, like to get all the way back to what we thought and aspired that the upside could be. That that ship is gone. That bus yeah. left the station. We'd need a time machine. 
but it, yeah, <laughs> but it se- but it seems like you still don't sit here and be like, well, I'll sell for a third plus. Like, yeah, I, I don't think I, that's the play either. Yeah, he's one of those I can't quit you players. Because you, you know what? I, I don't, I don't hate starting him during these bye weeks. Yeah. If you're light at wide receiver, Allen Robinson was in your top three or four preseason. Did you really f- like? He's probably still there. Like, did you really have guys below him, or pick up guys off the waiver wire, or trade for guys? And now Robinson is your wide receiver six. Probably not. He's probably right there. And you know what? As your wide receiver three, he's not going to kill you. Yeah. Let's be fair. Brass tacks. He's not going to kill you. He has touchdown potential. He has the potential to get five, six, seven targets any given week. And if he puts up a three, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm getting old because my my prism on on what kills you in a lineup is a lot (laughs) less than five years ago, thinking every guy has to score a touchdown on your team or you're going to lose. Yeah, A lot of bad fantasy rosters out there during bye weeks. And you're playing them. (laughs) So, So all you have to do is beat the team in front of you. You can win with a 90 and you can lose with a 150. So I haven't really. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, Tim? And then we'll do a UTH best ball wrap up and uh, get on out of here. Yeah, just um, we, we always say it on on the waiver wire show on Patreon. And I just want to say it one more time here is please monitor waiver wire like drops, pickups and kind of how the, the rosters are being moved across your league, because it's. Those are the micro moves that can really make big differences. It is literally just spending a couple of dollars here and there watching who's dropped that to me on, on the rosters I've had so far that are doing well, it's those micro transactions each week and, and small ad drops and, and trying to optimize the back end of the roster that really pays dividends long-term. Yeah. Dion Jackson, you know, having a clarified start this past week, putting up a 28 is a, a, a good example of that. You know, a guy that we discussed in the offseason, discussed mm-hmm. him as maybe a preemptive pickup or hold or deeper league play, or, you know, he might be a running back three that ends up being a running back one if Taylor's out. Now we got the perfect storm with Hines being out. And we got to clarify week six and he put up a 28 and that might have been a big difference. And and who knows, he might go right back into the the back pocket this week. But that's just one example, you know, of, of you of grinding the waiver wire, grinding your bench spots, and it works out. And I still think, you know, down the line, we're going to have more clarity, more upside, more production from Latavius Murray as another example. And I mean, we're really low right now, historically, on running back injuries and missed games. So we're six weeks in and just the carnage is coming. So be ready for that. That's why we keep holding these guys because so many depth charts go down to the number three guy at some point with a clarified start. And this is how you win games these next two months. And, you know, you mentioned it. earlier in the show of just, you know, don't, don't give up. Like if you're sitting there at two and four, you're not in your one and four a week ago. Well, you're two games out of being 500 and we know 500. If six teams make the playoffs and a 12 teamer 500 is you're right there. So you're two and four play this week. Don't sell half your team play this week. And if you get to three and four game on, so keep grinding. And I'll, I mean, if you're four games out with four games to play, four regular season weeks to play, then yeah, I mean, things are really stacked against you. But you're still, what, another month away from being in that position. So just keep grinding. Keep grinding. Keep trying to win. If you're 0 and 6, you know, that's, that's literally a, uh, a, an analysis moment, <laughs> you know, that you may have too, too far to overcome here. But 
especially if you have five teams that are four and two or better in your league. I mean, you're very far behind and things odds are really stacked against you, like 2% to make the playoffs. But other than that, like you said, evaluate the points for points against um, power rankings, all this, all play record and, and really assess, am I competitive? Because if you're over 40% all play right now, you've got to chip in a chair and a chance and stick in there, stick with it. And I know, you know, you might see another team sell off a little bit, but you're still trying to contend to win next year. So you got to be really careful. Some of your flip guys, you know, your Jeff Wilson's of the world. Sure. Shop those guys. If you're two and four, one and five, whatever, shop him as much as you want, but your core guys and just selling off for picks. And, you know, we outlined some scenarios about uh, Jonathan Taylor and a few others of just, yeah, it could make sense. It could make sense, but also it's going to be very specific and it doesn't apply to shopping them to half your league. There might be one or two teams at most that have what you're looking for that you can make a sensible deal. All right. UTH Best Ball Contest powered by my fantasy league as always. And I, I will just say, Tim, you're coming out at a random time where you, you've been doing well this year, but you finished in like the bottom six or seven this last week. So uh, <laughs> not, not right. your best moment. Yeah. So you're like, sounds about, sounds commonplace for the last five years. So, <laughs> what, what week are you talking about, Chad? Um, wanted to shout out winner of the week, Nathan Holman. Uh, relatively new. I don't think he's been in the contest. Uh, this might be his first year. And talk about the perfect storm because all that was on his bench was Cordero Patterson didn't play. Logan Thomas didn't play. And then Traylon Burks and, and Austin Hooper both on bye. <laughs> he got the top score basically with the only guys that could possibly be in his lineup this week. He got, Mon- and, and this is a, a tight end centric format. You got premium scoring, two tight end. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Robert Tanyan, Zach Ertz. I mean, he went 20 plus on four guys. Talk about a perfect storm. He got Wondell Robinson back at the right time. If he has one of these guys out, this week or with a, a non-performance, he doesn't win the week. So he took it down. Congratulations, Nathan. Moving up in the contest in general, uh, he is right up there near the top of the standings because we're six weeks in. So if you take it down, he's in the top uh, 10. Um, of the uh, the notables, uh, I am up at, what is that, like eight or so. Jordan's at 10 or so. Katie's at maybe 15. And Tim, you are definitely in the top half, if not top third or so. And uh, currently we have, I think it's still Andy Rizzo. No, Derek Richard. Oh, I keep doing that. Sorry. Sorry, Derek. Um, Derek is in the top spot there um, holding down the contest. So there's your update for the week. You can follow Tim Torch on, t- on Twitter at It's Tim Torch. And you know us pair, uh, we are on the UTH Patreon show. On a weekly basis, we talk waiver wire. Uh, we have a segment called Overtime with Tim. Uh, we did do that this week. It's a bonus show. And also, there's a bunch of other bonus content where I talk through projects, uh, trades, do a VIP special strategy session weekly in season. There's a VIP chat, a bunch of stuff to check out over at patreon.com slash UTH. And you want to hit up t- Tim on Twitter. He does a lot of Dynasty or Fantasy consults. Uh, a lot of times, it's you know in August for drafts, but he does Dynasty startup drafts. Uh, does some stuff in season. So I'm sure people can still elicit your services this time of year as well, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. And and again, they can get on your short list and get you uh, get on your list for the off season. You know, if you want to get uh, his help and, and hands-on services uh, there in January, February for a startup draft, all that is in play. So a reminder, UTHDynasty.com and Patreon.com slash UTH are the places to find me. And until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.
No, I could care less about other people. I want the comfort for myself. 